This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A one-all draw at Morecambe at the weekend left us feeling a little bit not wise as the Stags' hunt for a striker continues. But for the second Thursday in a row, will Nigel Clough deliver us some news during the live show? And will it be the birthday present which I desperately want? What? It could only offer me a striker, not a million pounds? That'll do. As always, come and have your say on your team as we reflect on the trip to Morecambe the postponement at home to Forest Green Rovers, have a little rant about a certain section of supporters and see if Alan and Clive can finish eating their cake before the end of this intro. This is the show for the fans by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's Morecambe and not wise. Welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. As always, come and have your say on your team in the live feed comments. Any questions, any comments about all things Mansfield Town. Or if you just want to wish me a happy birthday, you can do that as well. Uh, Right, let's get this party started, shall we? And say hello and good evening to my friends to my left. The two men who have brought birthday gifts and birthday cards and who are sat devouring cake and who desperately don't want me to throw to them because behind those smiles, they are secretly finishing off the last remnants of cake. But tough, that's the way the show goes. We're going to say hello and good evening to them uh, right now. And I'm going to sneak this headphone in to make sure that the audio is working all right. Hello and good evening, Mr. Alan Wilson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Clive. Good evening, everybody. And hello, Mr. Clive Parkin. Hey, up my birthday, duck. <laughs> There's always a delay when you're listening to head- headphones, so I'm listening to the, what you said 10 seconds ago. I'm going to take that out of my ear now before it com- gets confusing because it's all working. Hello, everybody. Shall we get on with this show? Yes, ditch those headphones on the floor. 
I don't get any more professional with age. That's certainly one thing. Uh, that's one thing for sure. Uh, right, where shall we start, Clive? Shall we delve straight in at Morecambe and not Wise? Because after uh, the defeat the previous week, there was one thing on our mind, and that was getting back to winning ways. And we left Morecambe feeling a little bit dejected, and that was not just and knackered. And that was not just because you took us on a 14,000-mile hike from where I parked the car to the Morecambe Seafront, was it? I'm, I'm pretty sure, Craig, that they've moved that statue since last time I went. <laughs> All my legs have got shorter. <laughs> it was a good day out. We got a bit of, uh, bit of wind in our faces. We uh, managed to see Eric and... Uh, we enjoyed the walk. I think it was all right, and uh, and actually, you know, it's the first time I've been to Morecambe's ground, so it was good for me. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a nice little visit, but in the end, Alan, the, the one-all result that we sort of uh, came away with was one of those which just sort of left you thinking, "Oh, why have we not picked up three points there?" It's one of those where, when you come to the end of the season, you fall short by two points, or whatever. I'm not saying that this will be the game, but it's that type of result which just leaves you thinking, "Ah, oh, frustrating taste." Cracking goal by Cargill, and then it was just the obligatory, or seems to be obligatory, mistake again. They just went through as light butter. You know, it was down the right-hand side, weren't it? Where the barrier was supposed to be there, he was just inside. Somebody was trying to track him back, just didn't work right, and it went, uh, you know, they, did, they scored an easy goal, which uh, could have been prevented quite easily. Yeah, it could have been prevented, Clive, quite easily. But it, again, it's one of those things where you think, are the questions deeper than the mistakes? And I'm sure we'll talk about it more as the uh, the, the hour or so goes on. And, and that is, of course, the missing firepower. Yeah, if we're being honest, we didn't deserve to win. The uh, The team that played against Morecambe was nowhere near as good as the team that had been playing six weeks ago. And had we put our team out of six weeks ago, we'd have taken them to town. The, um, the goal was... You're going to get goals like that, and we have to we have to score one more at the other end. But we didn't make an awful lot in that game. I take Alan's point; it was a really good and well constructed goal. But we ought to have gone, you know, we ought to have put ourselves out of sight, and we weren't on the day good enough to do that. That theme, Alan, of not creating enough chances is starting to get a little bit uh, bigger and wide and uh, and wider now, isn't it? Yeah, because I think it was the same again, in my opinion. I thought when I watched it back, it, it looked as though the one or two of them were tired again. Or they seem to get, you know, they seem to be rather leggy. Now, whether it's because they, you know, the opposition's coming at us quicker and, you know, we're not able to deal with it at that time. But there were just one or two that seemed to be rather leggy. And I think we just need to maybe freshen it up a little. Yeah, I certainly uh, think we, we do need to, to look at doing that. And I guess the argument's going to come back round, Clive, of uh, the, the Will Swan debate's going to rear its head again, isn't it? Yeah, we look toothless up front, and, and, and I'm certainly not one of those people that's going to join in with some of the vocal idiots about our friend uh, Lucas Aikens, because Lucas works his socks off. He doesn't provide to some of our fans what they think he should. And he was a, a bit on a lost cause at, at Morecambe. He was, he was very much on his own. And Faz Rawson dealt with him very, very well, and he got two big fullbacks at the side of him. Any approach in the normal sense of attacking was being really well contained by their defence. And you've got to give them credit for that. Um, but we lacked pace up front. We've lacked pace up front for a while. And certainly, having lost the services now, I'm guessing forever, of, of uh, Mr Oates, I think we've got to recruit. 
I think like uh, Paul in the comments says, Alan, very quiet on the transfer front still. I know that, you know, historically with Nigel Clough and transfers, we do sort of uh, keep it on the, on the down low and we don't sort of be proactive in, in, in what we're doing. But one thing that we, uh, we are desperately seeking now is a little bit more of an update from the Stags because with Reese Oates missing for the rest of the season, we do need to bring a striker in. I think it's clear that, like we said last week, without repeating the same conversation again, Will Swan's not going to cut the gravy, to turn another phrase, uh, this season. We've still got James Gale missing. We can't really rely too much on Mikhail Abdullah because he's still a young player who's, as the business end of the season comes in, he's not got that experience that we require of him. We have to invest. And if we want to be serious about our competitors, We've got to do it now. And like I said last week, it's not about keeping up with the Joneses. But you look at the business Barrow did with bringing Cole Stockton in and you think we need to be matching that because it's it's not now about keeping up with the Joneses. It's now about it's a necessity to actually do it. Well, when Nigel said in his <clears throat> in his last interview or the last one I had that they were still waiting for the other team to come back, you know, for their number one target. If that's not the case now, I'm sure he's got other irons in the fire. But, uh, you know, it needs to be sooner rather than later, I think. But I'd still go back to I don't think Will Swan's season is over. I think if given a chance, I think it could come good. I really do. Yeah, it's, uh, certainly, uh, it, it certainly is one of those things where given the chance, he can come good. But I don't know. I think if there was ever a chance, an opportunity to play him, Clive, and to give him said chance, surely it was Saturday at Morecambe, wasn't it? Absolutely. We In not playing him, it said two things. One, the manager's not happy with him. And two, the manager wasn't ambitious enough on the day to put a stronger forward line in. Now, it's not for me to criticise the manager because by and large, we've scored a lot of goals without having forwards. And, and you presumably thought we could get the goals we needed from midfield and elsewhere. And, and it proved to be the case that a defender scored our goal. So, But I'd like to see a bit more up front. And I certainly, now that Oates is out of the picture for a while, we are devoid of pace. Um, midfield looked tired. I think you've said that. Um, why, I don't know. Um, in many respects, uh, we'll come on to Tuesday's postponement shortly. But that's done us no harm at all because I think the players need a little, little bit of recovery time. But... Uh, and one thing's for sure, if we played on Tuesday night, there'd have been at least one six to eight weeks injury. Um, so I think we come away with a point, and I have to say, I see that as a good thing. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would agree with that. Sorry, Craig, I would agree with that, Clyde, because, you know, like Nigel said all along, we've said all along, if you don't win, you certainly don't lose. We've only lost twice this season, and it can only bode well for the rest of the season. You know, you just don't lose. And those points will make prizes at the end of the season. Yeah, completely agree. Um, not losing the game was the biggest thing on Saturday because I do feel that Mansfield Town of Old would do that. We still have only lost two games all season and that's a, a very good thing coming towards the business end of January. I also agree on Clive's point about the postponement on Tuesday being the best thing that could have uh, happened to us. I, I like having, I don't know why, but psychologically I actually like having a few banked games in hand towards the end of the season because it does make, especially when you're on a bit of a run it does get people looking over your shoulder, we'll talk more about the, that and uh, uh, later on though uh, let's go to a few more comments um, how old Craig says Tracy in the comments, how old do you think let's play that game shall we how old do you think 
17, Craig. Thank you, Clive. You can stay. Um, <laughs> lots of other cake. birthday Yeah. Lots of uh, plus that. Uh, lots of other um, birthday wishes coming in. Really appreciate those. Uh, Ross says Will Swan doesn't get the match time he deserves. Uh, Simon, evening, everyone. Happy birthday, Craig. Pitch inspection plan for 10.30. Do you think our game will be played? I've just had a quick look at through Twitter um, and social media. I didn't see any posts suggesting that there'd be a pitch inspection at, at 10.30, so I'm not entirely sure where that, has, um, that information has come from. Um, but yet again, weather-wise, over the sort of uh, next few days, it's gonna be, it is going to be cold. The, the pitch isn't going to get any better. And do you know what? As as much as I want to see us play on Saturday afternoon against the Sutton side that are struggling, I also don't think that a, a missed Saturday would be too much of a uh, an inconvenience. I'm probably probably in the minority of that, Clive. But I I do think we need a little bit of time to allow us to go and watch other players, maybe get other players in. I'd rather have two games in hand with a striker having been brought in in, in January than rushing one and getting players injured for for various other reasons and not having the availability, if that makes any sort of sense. There's some logic in what you say. I mean, on the other side of the equation, we're all desperate to watch our team play. And uh, the people that were disappointed on Tuesday night included me. But the disappointment of some fans was palpably inappropriate. We, um, I'll pick up on that. The... The thing is, they had a go at the club and, and, and pointed out that our ground staff were inadequate and described our club as tin pot. If they genuinely believe that, they should piss off somewhere else. Um, we we have a, a pitch which isn't good enough, in my opinion. I don't think you can blame the weather on our ground staff. And he can only work with the resources the club gives him. And compared to a lot of clubs in our league and elsewhere, we don't spend half as much on the infrastructure that other clubs do. Yeah, let's stay on the uh, the pitch topic um, for a couple of minutes. It really frustrates me every time I see uh, pitch inspection on our social media or game off because I know what's coming in the comments and it is completely, completely unfair. The ground staff do a tremendous job. Mez has worked at the club for years and upon years upon years. He is as much of a club legend as the man who sat next to me here. He breathes, you know, he's within that lifeblood of, of Mansfield Town FC, working with his hands behind, tied behind his back. He's more passionate than anyone about what he does and getting games on. And for fans to tag him in social media, it's the same with footballers, really, but for fans to, to, to tag him or his family in um, it, and, and things like that on social media and hurl abuse, that is completely and utterly wrong. It's clear that we've got some form of issue with our pitch, but that's not his doing. He does the best of what he can do with the availability that he's got to him. But you've got to go back and you've got to look historically about why those problems arise. And that is the former owner who has built the ground wrong and who has done a, a cheap job in point up and has not given us the best fighting chance. It is what it is. And in actual fact, it's not the end of the world because it's not just that which is taken into consideration when postponement is made. There are lots of other factors involved. The pitch itself, it probably wasn't, but it could have been playable. And hear me out for a minute on this one. 
There's more than that factor that comes in. It was bitterly, bitterly cold on Tuesday night. And you are, you were looking at 6,000 plus supporters who were coming out and sitting in that cold. You were looking at a squad of 16 players plus management staff and also performing in those cold temperatures and putting risks to themselves with injuries and, thing, and things like that. You're looking at health and safety around the ground. If it rains in between that period, it could cause ice because of the temperature and it freezing and things like that. There are lots of other factors which are taken into consideration when a game gets postponed. And for supporters to not understand that and just go, ground stuff a shit or whatever on social media, it's moronic behaviour and it's unprecedented. And I just want to say on this podcast that for every single comment that you see slagging off the ground staff or slagging off the state of our pitch, etc., etc., there are 20 times more Alan Wilson that are in support of them and that are genuinely thankful for the job which Mez and his team do. I want to say, you've got Robbie Sprigg, you've got Mez, you've got Scott, you've got the rest of the ground staff. I don't know if there are all of the names, but they do a fantastic job with, you know, with what they've got to deal with. You can't help the weather, and it's just one of those things. You know, you'll get people, okay, everybody can have their own opinion, and, you know, but to, to slate him on the social media, I'm sure... I'm sure whether he's seen it or whether he hasn't, I suppose he has seen it, knowing Maz. I said, I think he'll just shrug it off because he knows the truth and he knows how, you know, the 100% of the supporters feel that's behind him. You know, you get odd one or two, you get odd one or two, any day. They've called me before. It's just one of them. How dare they? <laughs> Tell me who they are and we'll go round to their house. <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know what I mean? It's not, you know, I'm not for everybody. Maz isn't for everybody, but the thing is, he does the best of what he's got available to him. And that's off to him because, it, you know, he'll win more times than the losers. I think it's worth reminding people as well. He doesn't just look <coughs> after the pitch at the one call. No. But he mm. looks after the RH Academy yeah. as well. And I'll tell you, and I'll, sorry to cut in there, but I'll tell you this. If you gave Nigel Clough the choice of which pitch he wanted to be thawed out and to be workable out of the two, he's going to say the RH every single time so he can train and prepare for the game. Fact. Well, the RH as well doesn't have the disadvantage of a big stand looming over it, preventing the sun heat reaching it. Um, and there's nothing anybody can do about that, uh, short of changing the, or moving grounds. So I think we have to put up with it. I think the criticism that is probably reasonable is there's got to be better mechanical ways of dealing with the moisture and the, <clears throat> the water retention down the Ian Greaves side of the pitch, because that's certainly got worse this year than, than it has in previous years. But that's a technical thing. On the day, if it rains or it snows or it freezes, nothing anybody can do about that. Yeah, and it did drop considerably that Tuesday mm. as well, which you can't always uh, take into consideration. These are other factors as well, you know, costs of wages and all of that stuff. The club would have done their best that they could to get that game on because of the things and, and things that they have to pay. But also, let's just take this into context for just a second. I'm going to take you back to two years ago today when we went all the way down to Forest Green Rovers on a Tuesday night, all the way to Nailsworth, driving through the back country lanes in pitch black to a horrible little ground which doesn't have anywhere for away supporters to be, only to come out and to, uh, to, to, to not see the players come out, for the game to play some 
eight minutes before four minutes four all right for the you're <laughs> ruining it guys you're ruining it for the for the game to play and to, for the game to play some form of questionable amount of minutes before the referee in his infinite wisdom decided to call it off abandon it and send us all the back all the way back home only for us to have to go back four or five weeks later we were on top in those minutes though craig <laughs> well we i could you must have been able to see through the fog better than me because i couldn't see a fucking thing but anyway uh move, shall we move swiftly on uh, let's go to some of your guys comments um all i'm saying is what goes around in terms of forest green rovers comes around um <laughs> you also got to remember this traveling uh, the traveling club coming to you yeah. you've got to give them time there's a, the team and it's coaching and all the staff referee and, and this you know the 20 fans that they would have brought they need to be taken care of um and it, you know we wouldn't thank them not to give us the same consideration if we were traveling down there so. which they didn't and i think <clears throat> with pitch inspection twice right, you're damned if you're doing you're damned if you don't yeah, absolutely. I'll also remind you when we went to Forest Green, played 45 minutes when we shouldn't have played 45 minutes and it absolutely wasn't yeah. it down and uh, the, the game wasn't playable. So uh, what goes around Forest Green Rovers comes around. Uh, Paul <laughs> in the comments says it comes from the 70-odd groundkeepers uh, in the stand. Are they the 70-odd that also question the sub substitution? I think they probably are. Um, and they're the best referees in the world. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Simon says, it's been an exceptionally wet autumn slash winter. The Wrexham match went ahead and damaged the pitch, which will take until the, the spring to recover. Yeah, absolutely. And that had to sort of um, go ahead as well, because I think that one was on, that was a TV game, yeah, wasn't it, for, TV, for Welsh yeah. TV? Yeah. Um, agreed, says Mark. Meswort works his absolute ball locks off uh, week in, week out. We've a great team uh, to do loads of work off the pitch and get games on. Uh, I was gutted, says Ross. I couldn't go, uh, but it it happens. Never never blame the ground staff. Do blame the refs. Uh, but an old saying can only beep with the uh, beep you've got. Yeah, I wasn't going to read that, Ross, but everyone knew what I was trying to say. Uh, Keely says, spot on, Craig. Um, well said. I would love to see half of the moaners do a bet. Uh, do better. Love to see them get their boots on as well, because half of them think they're fabulous footballers or managers. Yeah, lots of su um, supporters uh, coming in, and just to have a little bit of um, comic relief as well. Uh, what's the latest on Lee Gregory? Shall we move on? Um, <laughs> we'll scroll back to some more of those comments later, because there was one up here that I wanted to pick on. Uh, not pick on, but pick up on, should I say, uh, about Lucas Aikens, which is uh, brought to us by Aidan. Um, I think a first-time commenter um, tonight. I've not seen the name pop up, pop up before. If I have, apologies. And if you're new to us, welcome. Um, here's some cake. Alan, I'll eat it on your behalf. Um, glad you guys brought up Aikens, top man and top player. People just think centre-forwards are there to score goals, but forget exactly what Lucas is there to do. I have to agree. I mean, I, I hold my hands up. I was critical of him after Saturday's game, Alan. But the reason for that is that any centre-forward that makes Farron Rawson look half-decent is not good enough. Uh, but his general all-round Ryan game is absolutely there. And I think it has to be said that it's a it's a partnerships thing. One player can't do everything. Lucas Aikens' his, his game is top when he has players like Reese Oates around him to, to fill the extra spaces and fill in the missing pieces. And I think with Reese Oates missing, it's not just a, a loss because of what Reese Oates does for the team, but it's also a loss for what Reese Oates does for the likes of Lucas Aikens in creating those openings and the ways that he can play. 
and when you've got you know when you've had achings and outs together for you know a few five six games you know it makes it makes a big difference and yeah that's where that's where i, I keep harping on about it but that's what if he's given chance swan could do the same job i'm not saying as as fast as outs because he probably isn't but he is skillful when needed and you know it was only last year when if he was if you'd got a one-on-one -on -one with will swan you'd have put your mortgage on him putting it in the net you know so he just doesn't become a bad player overnight and i think give the lad a chance if if he can give be given a chance and i also noticed actually mr akins got three fouls on saturday i counted three where he doesn't you know his shirt's pulled and whatever and it fits three players after the match he actually got three fouls which That's three uh, which, about, about I ten out <laughs> i know but it did surprise me actually yeah. got the three it's nice to see Farron Rawson still wanting to put a Mansfield shirt on, albeit Lucas Aikens. <laughs> um, let's stay with the topic of Reese Oates for just a second. Obviously, absolutely terrible news, Clive. He got a bit of an injury earlier on this season. And I have to say, before that injury, I thought he was getting back to his best. And I was absolutely gutted for him because he was the old Reese Oates that we know and love. He came back and I didn't think that he'd be able to hit those heights again, but he did. And he was slowly starting to tick over and tick over. But you could just see at Stockport when he pulled up, you knew that something was wrong. Um, obviously, ACL and all of that sort of stuff, out for the rest of the season. He's out of contract in the summer with us as well. He's been a tremendous servant to the club. But the question comes from Jamie. Do you reckon we will sign Oates on again next season? Are you asking me? Mm. Um, possibly, if it were up to me, not. Because I think he's become a bit of a medical liability. The lad is fairly fragile by all accounts. I mean, I'm no expert, but he's now had three fairly long-term injuries um, in one season. And the club can't carry that, you know. And, and if I'm going to be critical, of that, I love him to death because what he does well, he does really well. But he doesn't think before he acts sometimes. And and I don't think he needed to go, go into the keeper the way he did at the time in the game. He did it. And he came off worse. And it was all right, it's fluke involved. <coughs> um and I also, let me say, he was entitled to go for that ball. I don't think it's, I think it's one of those things the referee should be taking action against. But a thinking forward, say, should I at this stage risk myself in that environment? And I think it's that risk assessment bit that he doesn't do very well. He's collided with players. He's collided with himself. He's collided with trees that don't exist. And and I, <laughs> and I think you know you you can take your hat off to his enthusiasm, but you've just got to question his wisdom at times. Yeah, if you just just coming on that point, Clive. If you take that to results, it's not half the player he is. He's not, and I think you know it's it's one of those things. Isn't In my it, opinion, where, uh, is without. So if you took that side of research away, that's not his game. And I actually felt at the start of last season, he struggled because we've played the wrong system for him. We've played the right system again for us and he gives us that pace and gives us that outlet. I, It's a difficult one because with the type of injury that he's got, it is difficult to recover from and it is a longer term thing. But we have seen with you know, the Alfie Kilgore situation, which yeah. has happened in the week, we've given him an extended deal even though he's been out injured and sort of been out of the main picture, if you like, from most fans' point of view, he's still highly regarded by the club. We'll talk Kilgore later on, but using the same scenario, Alan, with, with Reese Oates, personally, I would like to see him given another, another year um, with some protection in there over certain injuries and, and, and things like that, because I do think he's a dangerous 
player for us. And I do think he, he suits Nigel Clough really, really well. But on the flip side of the coin, football is ultimately a business. And can we really afford to give another contract to a striker who might not be fit again until October, November time, when realistically what we need to be doing now is buying a fully fit striker, one who can compete and who has experience at playing at League One level on a more consistent basis, which Resoats, correct me if I'm wrong, does not, because that's about building our future. What you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, and I don't. I would not like to be John, Carolyn, Nigel, Simon Clough, whoever it is that's making that decision. I would. I would like to see him kept on, and I would also like to see him, you know, put something in like a clause in a contract or something where you get to play, when he gets fit again, he plays so many games, you know, like they have done with uh, Aidan Flint, you know, he, he played so many games and that triggered where he's allowed to do. I don't know whether that's the same with Kilgore or not. They've probably just, you know, looked at Kilgore and, you know, how good he is. But I think the same to a certain extent to Reese I know he gets injured and I understand what Clive said, but it, that's the player he is. I mean, how many times has he, you know, won a lost cause, you know, like a throw in a corner or whatever, and the crowd have been on the feet because it's so exciting to see. And I just think we need that sort of player and give him a chance. But that's only my opinion. Marie says, uh, I think they will. Clough said earlier in the week, it's not fair to the player who's injured playing for the club to let them go. He was referring to extending Alfie Kilgore, but I can't see it being any different uh, for Oates. It'd be interesting to see what people's opinions are because I think he is a really, really um, key figure for us and uh, one of those players who does get people, you know, bums off seats. He is a crowd pleaser. He is a um, he is a good uh, sort of um, he is a he is a good player which does excite fans. But you have to sort of I don't know. You've, it, it's a footballing-based decision, and I don't know for for what he brings to the club and the squad. I'd like to see him given a little bit of extra time, but it will all depend on the extent of that injury and things like that. I I do think, Clive, the one thing that Nigel Clough will do is, regardless of whether there is a new contract given and signed, I do think the club will look after him in terms of once his contract oh, yeah. is up with that sort of rehab and uh, getting back to uh, to where he needs to be. I think the club's record on that type of situation has been excellent and I can't see that changing. And there will be some insurance in place, I would have thought, to cover some of the unexpected costs surrounding an injured player. But, you know, he's got now until presumably the start of next season to get himself match fit. Um, maybe the decision to offer him a new contract can be held back until that becomes clearer. I don't know. As a, as a player, I'd love to keep him on the in the squad, but only if he's going to be fit. It, it possibly all depends as well, you know, what league we're going to be in. That might have a effect on the uh, thinking. Who knows? Yeah, that's another possibility. But again, you, you'd hope that the yeah. club were, were, were um, safeguarding for a League One term next year. Yeah, definitely. I definitely would. You'd be, you'd be silly not to. Um, Simon says, sure, sure they will keep him uh, with contract uh, targets. Uh, Mark says Kilgore was injury prone at Bristol Rovers. Set a standard now, so we should give Oates uh, one more season. Um, I don't know whether this was in relation to Reese Oates or not, but I'll read it anyway. Thomas says just a bit easy to defend against in the last couple of games. 
uh, and no threat in behind. Um, easy for teams uh, to then sit deep, as many to uh, as many do against us uh, this season. Um, and a lot of people talking about Aikens in the comments uh, as well. We'll go back through uh, and read some more of those um, as well. Um, but this, let's talk, touch on this one from Craig Clive, who says, Cracking signing with Flint and Kilgore. What a defence next year in League One. Touchwood with Hewitt, Kilgore, Flint, Cargill and McLaughlin. And on the, uh, the, 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 the back of that, Clive, in extending Kilgore's contract, and we were talking about Oaks being out of contract, we do have a lot of players that are out of contract um, in the summer, I'd quite like to, as much as I'd like to see us, uh, say, have a new player holding the scarf, so to speak, I would also like to see um, contract extended for X, Y and Z. There are a number of players that we do need to tie down and uh, get our house in order. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that the powers that be have got that in mind. Um, but it is an opportunity to, to allow some players who have not figured as much as we'd like to think they could have done to go. Uh, and there's an obligation uh, in terms of the team structure to try, as always, to reduce the average age of the team, which means buying in, uh, recruiting younger players. Um, but I think, you know, we were going to build our team around Kilgore this season and um, <clears throat> and he got the curse of the player of the previous season thing, didn't he? Just like uh, Elliot Hewitt did the season before. And, and no one no one can legislate for a snapped Achilles tendon. It's not His, his record before that may well be that of a... A little bit of injury proneness, but there's no way that a snap Dackley's tendon has anything to do with what's gone before. Um, and it's a shame because I thought he was going to be the backbone of our team. We've been very fortunate in that we've been able to work with Flint and we've had the lad from Leicester that came in at the right time. Um, but, the, but, but now he's been allowed to move forward from the back line and, and it, he's developed really well, I thought. So when we get our players back, we're awash with good defensive t uh, players. Yeah, we are. And I think the only area that we are light on, it, it comes back to the same conversation, Alan, though, is, yeah. is that forward area. Nigel Clough, I don't know whether he thinks that we are, though, because I've seen some comments, some of his comments in the press uh, this week. I'm going to get them up on my phone, actually, whilst you get, sort of give your uh, thoughts on that so we can see exactly what, uh, what Nigel Clough said. I just think, uh, you know, he knows what you're doing. You've got to trust him. And like we said before, depending on who it is that he wants to bring in, the number one the so-called number one target that uh, Nigel keeps on about. You know, if he's if the club aren't willing to let him go or they're not letting him go because of another player, you know, at the other end, if he you know, if they get signed that player then number one target can talk to Mansell. There are two other clubs I do believe in for this other n number one target as well. So <clears throat> he might have to have fire, uh, irons in uh, other fires, you know, which I'm sure he will have done. Well, let's go through the latest uh, that we have on the striker situation. Whilst I allow you uh, you guys to have a little nibble on a bit of a uh, bit of cake or a biscuit or a, or a little drink, uh, and that's from this is from uh, the fifteenth of January, so a couple of days uh, ago, uh, where Nigel, manager Nigel Clough provided an update on the club's search for a striker in the January window. This is uh, what's written on MansfieldTown.net. Do go and check out the full interview, of course, on I follow. Uh, the boss previously stated that Staggs had identified a number one target and made a loan inquiry to the player's current club. So it would be a loan deal rather than a, uh, a permanent transfer. Speaking in a news conference ahead of the game to Forest Green, uh, Nigel said, we're still making inquiries. There's still the main one that we're waiting for a definitive answer on. That's the problem. At some point, we'll have to move on from that number one target. But at the moment, we're still pursuing it. 
There are a few clubs in for the player and it's the other club making the decisions on whether they want him to go. Just one striker will be enough. A good one. We've got 19-20 games left. I think if it was any more than that, if we were looking at 30 games left, then we would need a little bit more. With Lucas Aikens, with Swanee, uh, if we can get one in, then we also have Davis Keeler Dunn to go up there, as well as Jordan Barry, who can do it as well. I think we're okay with one. If two came up, then we'd certainly look at it. One very good one is what we need. And of course, he was speaking after uh, the Riso's injury diagnosis uh, as well. So uh, he was obviously counting oats out of that specific um, equation. Uh, so he's basically saying, Alan, that he, he wants just one good striker, one good striker, but you've got to define what good is and how they fit into the team. But also you've got to look at at what point do you move on? Because January, it, the transfer window goes around so, so quick. If you've got, if you're looking at two or three players in the summer, it's a lot easier because it's such a wider window. But everybody's trying to vie for one player. What happens if that number two target gets taken by somebody else? Why are you waiting for a definitive answer on number one target? It's such a difficult, difficult market, a difficult time. I just think that uh, it must look reasonably positive because otherwise it wouldn't have kept it on for so long. I would have thought, you know, he's got irons in the fire, like he said, you know, like other targets, you know, what is, uh, uh, what's the name, Simon Clough has, uh, you know, found out for him. But I think it must be pretty, pretty confident to, to keep it going this long, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's certainly a difficult one. Uh, someone in the comments, Clive, has said, need a right back as well to release Barry to be an option up front. And obviously with uh, Callum Johnson injured at the moment, I can't quite remember what the latest is on uh, yeah, him. Yeah. Ten weeks was it? So you're looking really ten weeks. You're looking. It's the it's the season. End of the, March. Yeah, end of March. You're not you're not going to get him back for many games, are you? Um, so do we need to bring a right back in to secure that area and a little bit of cover there as well, or do you look at the likes of Elliot Hewitt could potentially be coming back? You've got George Williams who can play in there. Aaron Lewis can play there. Lewis Brunt can play there if if. If, re if required, you have got a number of options in that area to potentially not bring one in. But do you bring one in if you want to then move Bowery into the striker category? Or do you just do what we've done all season long? And it is what it is. And Jordan Bowery is Jordan Bowery. Jordan Bowery's had a great season. And, and, Player of the season. And he does tremendously well wherever they place him. I don't think we do need a, a defender. It'd be nice to have one, but I don't think it's an absolute necessity. Whereas I do think in the, uh, some more... Striking options are, are essential. I'm a bit feel a bit disappointed with the relationship between us and our feeder club, Burton Albion. Feel like Barrow, <laughs> Barrow's broke into our kitchen and stolen a bottle of pop off us. You know, I thought Cole Stockton would have been a perfect loan fit at the club, but you know, obviously the club sees it differently. You can't have all of the good things all at once, can you? Uh, so there you go. Right, plenty more still to talk about. Plenty more of your comments, questions and opinions still to come here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. Please do keep them coming in. Uh, we want to answer your comments, your questions. Uh, anything you want us to talk about that's Mansfield Town related, we will certainly do that. But first, time for a little break. Can either of these two wolf down a slice of cake in uh, the next 15 seconds? We're about to find out.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. The answer, by the way, was a firm no. Clive, what did you say? So I'm not going to have any now. Yes. <laughs> you refuse. I will not be force fed. You will not be force fed. Would you like a sweet instead? This is Clive and everyone's present to me was... Uh, a nice little bar, uh, jar of uh, rhubarb and custard, are they? Yeah. yeah. Rhubarb and custard, one of my favourite uh, boiled sweets they are. Anyway, shall we uh, delve back into the, the comments for some more discussion topics? Um, also feel we need to get Reed back uh, at the base. Wrong microphone, Fader Craig. That happens what, that's what happens when you don't look at what you're doing. Uh, Thomas says, also feel like we need to get Reed back at the base of the diamond uh, and choose from Brunt slash Cargill to partner Flint. Since Brunt came into the midfield, um, Reed has not been the same. Yeah, I absolutely ag- agree that uh, Reed's not been the same. I think there's been a few murmurings, Clive, that Reed's not quite had the performance that he, standard that he had at the very start of the campaign. But I think it would be very harsh on Lewis Brunt to take him out of there because I think ever since he's gone in there, he's been excellent. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's got the talent and the confidence to drive forward, which is something that our midfield is struggling with at the moment. So... Um, I, I think he deserves to be kept in that position. And uh, I, I will share some of the perceived criticism of, of Reid. I think he's gone backwards rather than forwards. Um, and we have so much expectation from of the lad. And he, I don't think he's quite getting there. Whether he's carrying a knock or whether he's just not fitting in around the, the squad formation, I'm not sure. But we, we I think we deserve to see a bit more from him. And the other thing with that as, as, as well is you, you look at Alan, the other players that are around him, we are so blessed with, with talent in there. But it is sort of uh, six, one half does the other because people want Stephen Quinn to play because of his passion, his energy and things like that. But then when he plays, everyone's going, well, why is Ollie Clark not playing? Cam was yeah. very vocal about it last week. <laughs> but then Ollie Clark seems to pick up an injury and, and things like that. How do you, like, I would not want to be Nigel Clough. Well, I think, you know, he's got an embarrassment of riches, hasn't he, in the midfield uh, department. You know, there's 10, possibly 12 players that he can pick on or choose at any one time. But, you know, I think it's sometimes it's horses for courses with Nigel. You know, like he'll play Ollie in, in a role which he thinks he needs to play, you know, like we did against Stockport. It was it was outstanding, that game. And, you know, when Ollie does play, it seems to get drive Mansfield on. I, I must admit, I like... Two of my first players would be Clark and Maris on the playing field at all times. But, you know, there's Lewis, uh, what's the other chap from Newport? Aaron Lewis. Yeah, Aaron Lewis. It, they missed him when he wasn't, you know, when he got injured and he was out for those few weeks. I think they missed him down the right-hand side. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just horses for courses, I think. You know, who's probably, who's best in training, who, who suits 
the game better, you know, or when you've seen them, you know, can get the shirt, I think. And not one mention of Hiram Boateng there, which leads me nicely on to the next little point, uh, Clive, which is um, who should be loaned out? Do you think we have the squad depth to do it? O'Toole, Gale, etc. Um, Boateng would have been one of those names that are, are in there. Even though we've got this little slight bit of a, a knock, this slight bit of injury thing with um, Callum McDonald, who we've not talked about, Callum, Callum Johnson, um, potentially Ollie Clark, obviously Reese Oates, et cetera, et cetera. I still think we've got the squad depth to ship a few of those uh, those players out. James Gale is one who needs to go out once he's back fit from his injury to go and get development experience. John Joe O'Toole is one player who... Like Alan's been saying with Wilson, I actually think if he was given game time, I think he'd actually come back to thrive for us again. But again, he's probably not the right fit for Nigel Clough and, and how we are now. And it's finding the space for him in, in the midfield. I actually still think that we can afford to, uh, to to get one or two out of the door. If someone was prepared to pay his wages, we should wave him goodbye because he's not being utilised. Um, I can't see him having a, a forward future at the club. So um, at the moment, he is presumably just a drain on our salary resource. He's probably one of the highest paid players we've got as well. Um, and it just seems a mystery to me that he, since he's become, uh, since he signed his contract, we've seen very little of him. I know he's had an injury, but um, for whatever reason, he doesn't fit into the setup. Uh, and he's a luxury we don't need. Same as Boateng, he's a luxury we don't need at the moment. Gail, I, I agree completely with you, Craig. He needs to develop somewhere. And uh, the, for an opportunity for him to go and play in the conference, came up, he ought to do it. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's the same with Mikhail Abdullah as well, uh, Alan. You know, he's got a terrific talent. He's got pace, he's got flair, he's got energy. He does bring something to, to our, our games and our play. But as the season goes on, he's not likely to get many influencing, influencing minutes or valuable minutes in League Two. We need to safeguard our future on that front as well because we have done, made so many terrific strides to improve our academy and it gets better and better and better year upon year upon year we need to to if ever there's a time to get them out and develop them and look to feed them in again next season now is the time to do it isn't it yeah i'd probably agree and you know going back to the o'toole business can jj play right back yes jj it will play just the thought that was all you know if I mean, uh, jj it, can play right back and is fit Put Barry up front. He won't want to. I think O'Toole would rather play up front himself, wouldn't he? But uh, <laughs> I remember I've... when we recruited O'Toole, we had a desperate need of somebody in the back four. Yeah. yeah. And he did it well, but he kept saying, I actually prefer to play in front of the back four. Yeah. And he yeah. never really had the chance to do that. <clears throat> yeah, I remember him saying in an interview. He's, he, Only at Northampton. Yeah, he, 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 he was immense. Oh, he's not been the player since, he had, his, that night. since yeah. he had his hair cut. He's not been the player he was. No, well, since it's not his hair cut, it's, it's growing it back. <laughs> yeah, when, he, when he looked like a thug, he was fine. Now he looks like him again. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not playing, but there you go. Uh, plenty of comments coming in actually about uh, Barry and Lewis playing together. Uh, I know that yeah. at the start of the season, Johnson and Lewis had a, a good partnership. Yeah. I don't quite know why Aaron Lewis has not been in the starting lineup of of, uh, of late. I'd actually prefer him over Lewis Reed. I'm going to be honest yeah, at the well, minute. I'm going to say he got that injury, didn't he? Didn't he? Should I say? And he was coming back from that, you know. But uh, it's same as I said before. It's horses for courses. We don't see the training, do we? We don't see who people, you know, putting. Maybe they're not putting hundred percent in. Who knows? Nigel sees it all. He's all seen. He knows what's going off. And, you know, it might be like for Sutton on uh, Saturday, if it's played, 
I would love to see Swan given a chance because Sutton are there for a reason at the bottom. Let's try and, uh, you know, get him some confidence and get a goal out of him. Uh, I think this is in relation to uh, Jay Day. So did have an injury and probably actually slowly bringing him back. Yeah, he, I think he got injured in yeah. one of the reserve team in yeah. one of the uh, Central League games, in didn't first he? Few minutes left. But again, is that as of that age? Is that a contract in the summer? Is that of that age where it does take yeah. a? Some people recover from injury in two minutes. Some don't recover at all. It is it's it's such a strange game. And one of these days, I would I would love the club to be a little bit more. One thing I, I, I loved about the, the club a couple of years ago, they did a bit of a behind-the-scenes look. I think they got, it was a, an outside YouTube sort of channel that actually went behind the scenes on Transfer Deadline Day and looked at what mm. happened. I'd love the club to do a little bit more stuff like that. They've got the capabilities to do it. Let's have a little bit more from the medical department. Let's have uh, you know a, a dedicated <clears throat> show. Let's, let's get them on... We'd be open for them to come and be on, on the podcast. I'd love to have a, a, an episode on here dedicated to, to medical and training regimes and find out the ins and outs. Let's educate our supporters on that and let's be a clarity club who can do that so we can understand why it is that such and such only plays 60 minutes, why this why this player performs better on Saturdays than on Tuesdays, etc. etc. Say sometimes when you see the bench... And you think, oh, why is so-and-so not on there? And then at the end, in the interview, when Steve-O talks to uh, Nigel or whoever it is who's talking to him, they'll ask the question, oh, well, such-and-such, you know, it was ill, or it, it got flu, it didn't play, it didn't train yesterday. And, you know, you find the reason, but you don't always know before kickoff, You know, and that's where people sometimes get frustrated. You know, when, oh, why isn't he in? But then you find out the real reason, and then obviously it was... Uh, there was no problem over it. Paul has just said, get Nigel Clough on, let the fans ask him questions. I would love <laughs> Nigel Clough to, to come on here. Like I say, two years ago, when I was doing the commentary and the journalism stuff, I loved talking to Nigel Clough, both on mic and off <laughs> mic. We had some really good conversations. He was, he is, other than Paul Cox, the nicest manager that I've ever dealt with. And I've dealt with some right arseholes, I can tell you that. David Ellsworth, I'm looking at you. Um, and I don't know, I just think... It, I would love him to, to come on, on here and, and be open and, and clear and just sort of uh, talk and, and do things like that. Whether or not that could happen, I really don't know whether or not that, that could uh, could happen. The fact is, this is a live medium. We are, you know, we, we do this live every single week. Other people might do Twitter stuff or Instagram stuff or whatever, whatever. And the problem with it being live is... It's unregulated, so you guys right now can ask us any question whatsoever, and we can say something because we're in the fluency of a conversation which we've not thought out, and then that get take, taken out of context. For us, as fans, that is absolutely fine. I had to be a little bit more careful when I was doing the commentary thing, which is why I sort of we changed the style of the show a little bit. And for a manager to do that and come on in a public forum like a player. <clears throat> It is so difficult because if it's in a live environment, they have to be really clear and really clarifiable on, on what they were saying. But that said, and I know this is something you're passionate about, Clive, there is a requirement from football clubs to hold events every, I don't know whether it's twice a season, with the manager or with some with, with someone as part of like 
EFL regulations, I would love the opportunity for it to be us that we're, we're able to do that because, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, we're fans, so we can understand both sides of the coin. We can ask those questions and have conversations on a more fan-based level rather than it being another different, differentiated version of a Monday morning press conference where questions are selected, occasionally vetoed, and it be planned. I think if it was fans asking the questions in a podcast-style forum, maybe there'd be a little bit more clarity. I don't know. Maybe clarity is the wrong word, but a little bit more openness and a bit more of a one-to-one manager-to-fan feel about it rather than being, here's your questions, here's your answers, here's a succinct eight minutes, take from it what you will. I can understand managers being nervous about that because uh, there's jeopardy. And if you can avoid jeopardy in your working day, you will do so. Having said that, my understanding is that there is a recommendation, if not an instruction, that clubs should have at least two fan interface events a year. And we haven't had them. And I see no, I see no enthusiasm from the club to do anything like that. And I think that's a shame. In fact, yeah, and I think some of the... Um, the interviews that do take place with uh, Nigel and others are a little bit careful. I think uh, as a result, they become fairly sterile. And I understand that. I would imagine that if you were in control of the questions, you'd pick the ones you wanted to answer. It's a bit like uh, the post office interrogating their own staff at the moment. You just don't do it, do you? So I think where we are is the club has a good fan base. It's grown. It's twice what, twice what it was three years ago. It deserves as much respect because it's there uh, as can be mustered. And I don't think the club has done enough in terms of fan interface. And I'd like to see that restored fairly quickly. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, a few years ago when we started this podcast, we did ask the question. I understand sometimes that it, it doesn't always come off. We've spoken to, to a few people who um, are no longer work at the club now and things like that to try and make things happen. The difficulty is it is hard to arrange and it is it is difficult to um, get it passed. Another thing that I would love to do, and I've said it before on this podcast, I would love to have, because I know they watch it and they listen to it in Portugal sometimes, I'd love to have um, an episode at the end of the season where we sit down with, with John mm. and Carolyn and just have a chat about being a fan and, and on and off the pitch, not going into like politics behind the club and all of that sort of stuff, but just to have a chat and have mm. that, that openness. But the difficulty is there is so many layers of red tape that it won't, it, it's unlikely um, to happen. Um, Ross concurs and says, Clough is a really nice person. Met him a few months ago at a charity day along with a few of the players. He took the time to chat to us. Uh, couldn't ask for a nicer manager. I bet he would pop on your show. Again, I would love for it to, to happen. Um, Jeanette says, uh, transparent. That's exactly the word I was looking for, Mrs. Wilson. I knew I could count on you. Thank you very much for the uh, lovely birthday card as well, by the way. Um, and I, I will get Alan to read that for us later on just to feed my own ego, because obviously that is what happens on this show. Um, also, um, again, there's a, where was it? Uh, there was a comment about other other events as well. Uh, can't quite uh, see it. Um, but again, you know, these events do happen. There was one about um, uh, ones that happened with like Hawkins, etc. Um, a few uh, few months ago. I can't, can't find where it's gone now. Um, Oh, no, it's there. It's, I was hovering over it. Um, 
Alan, are there, I can't quite read that, are there any talks, again, with doing a few uh, meeting discreet, discussions like the other season when it was with uh, Garns, Hawkins, Perch, really enjoyed that. Yeah, we went to that, it was a great night. Yeah. Again, I'd love to, to see something more like that, and I'd be more than happy to to host it and to have it as part of uh, the pod. The, po the podcast, it'd be, a, it'd be a great thing. Other podcasts, it has to be said, from other League Two clubs and League One clubs and Championship clubs, it happens with the blessing of the club. I'm going to say, well, you never know. Ask the question, it, it might happen. I, I, I wouldn't imagine that uh, John, you know, obviously, if one time permits, that John and Carolyn would probably do another one again because they're always very interesting. Mm. When uh, John and Carolyn do one, we you are know, we're just those two. We're always open for conversations. Now, I'll say this, there's never been a better time to do it either because at the end of uh, this season, in a couple of months' time, as you'll all know, there is the Mansfield Museum's uh, football exhibition, uh, which runs throughout the month. Nick's going to be doing an event there with his shirts. We're looking forward to that. We're going to be doing two podcasts there. Um, one of them will be the normal show. And the second one, we haven't got a guest for it yet. We're working on it. Uh, will be a sort of guest style show like Legends Live and uh, Stag Stories, which we've done in the past. We would love that actually to be, rather than a previous manager or previous player, why not make it a panel of current players and, and tie it in uh, and, and, and things like that. We'd certainly love for, for that to happen. Um, let's, before we uh, finish up today and do podcast predictions, there's one final thing that I want to uh, touch upon, Clive, and I know it's something which... Uh, uh, you know a little bit about as well. Uh, and that is, of course, the match day experience. We're constantly selling out tickets. The Notts County game is sold out, for example. Um, I think we've basically sold out our initial allocation for the AFC Wimbledon trip. Yeah. Um, we've asked for some more tickets on that one. It is getting quite and quite um, difficult uh, now on match day to actually get through the crowds if you get there after a certain time. And our match day experience after sort of the summer months has never quite been a, a good one but there is a lot of work going off at the club at the moment to improve said match day experience in fact i drove past the ground on the way to work this morning and there was a digger yeah well there's some effort being made to uh, create more uh, space and opportunity for pre-match um, hospitality at the ground. I mean, at the moment, if you've gone to have a, a beer or a burger outside the ground, you run the risk of getting wet through if it's raining. Um, I know they've, the, the Supporters Association recently sponsored a canopy outside the um, Sandy's Bar, but it's still quite a small area. Um, but I, I've seen the same work as you've picked up on. They've driven a, a, a road up past the uh, near the famous gates mm -hmm. up behind the training pitch, um, and there is some proper steps being constructed, pretty much behind where the burger van tends to be at the moment. And I understand from sources at the club that there's going to be a, a large semi-permanent um, erection, <laughs> <laughs> a marquee. It's <laughs> not that kind of show, is it? I'm guessing it's going to be a similar structure to what was used for the awards evening. Um, and it'll be semi-permanent because they'll have to put flooring in it and mm. electric and all the rest of it because they're going to be selling drinks and things up there. And that will just give much more capacity for fan act in pre-game activity up there. That's a good That's a good move. Yeah. The fact that it's semi-permanent is also quite relieving to me because I'd like to think sooner or later we'll make better use of that land behind the ground. But in the short term, it's not being used for anything else, so why not? Yeah. But the ground itself is a big problem, isn't it? We, we can talk about this for, for 10 podcasts. 
it's not set up properly it was never set up properly because the previous owner whilst off with some of the resources that should have been invested in the in the ground and we've ended up with three quarters of a ground which is still which is facing the wrong way and it buggers up the sun hitting the pit that's a fact you can't do much about it but what can be focused on at the moment is the ground is looking very very tired mm. uh, first glance it looks great you know, masses of blue and yellow seats and whatever. You, suddenly when you get close to them, you realise that there's an element of decrepitude creeping in and it badly needs some TLC. And, and the fans don't get the most comfortable experience. I mean, I sit in the Ian Greaves lower and you'd expect with that great big roof which stops the grass from growing, it would be protected from the rain. But oh no, 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 no. It doesn't work <laughs> that way. Um, and, you know, the... The, the, the ground itself is limited to what it can provide. You've touched on it. We're now up to capacity for a lot of home games. We've got a little bit of an experiment going on against lesser, lesser supporter clubs like Forest Green Rovers and Sutton on Saturday, yeah. where two of the five bays in the North Stand are going to be carefully allocated to home fans as an experiment. But the big problem we have there is that the police and the ground safety people are petrified, petrified of having two lots of fans behind that stand i don't know why they're so worried about it but there you go so there's a limit what we can do without major investment in the ground and i'm not even going to touch on the usual subject because everybody's fed up of it now but there is a future but it needs an investment in 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 the ground that i guess they'll know they'll only ever want to put in if if we've moved into a division higher yeah so maybe it's chicken and egg and stabilized in there as well there's no point yeah. putting it in for a one season if we're going to come straight uh, back and the down. work that needs to be done can't be done in one season anyway. correct <clears throat> yeah it's a much bigger building job but i am glad to see uh, them doing uh, a little bit of work on all things uh, match day hospitality and things because trying to walk through that crowd at two o'clock is an absolute nightmare getting some of the footfall off of that little bit and up onto that that essential dead space is great. I'd concur that that's probably something that they are they're doing with that. But again, this is only a little gripe. Why not say that they're doing it? Why not don't just pop it up and uh, and go, oh, here it is. Let us know that they're doing it. We'll create a bit of positive buzz and everyone gets a little bit of positive positivity I think it's it. a trick in not talking about the better things that are taking place. Mm. The fans pick up on the things that aren't positive the club has a responsibility and the ability to counter that with positive news yeah absolutely uh, right that's almost yeah. we've got all we've got time for one little thing to do just in a minute uh, lots of you sort of uh, sending in your messages too uh, about a potential uh, live event and things like that contact the club we're more than happy to uh, to facilitate it and to, to host it we've got all the the gear and things like that um you know, we're all more than happy to have it at the club and get a bit of revenue in for the club, like we have done previously with Stag Stories and, and Legends Live. More than happy uh, to do that with the club's backing and the club's blessing. Uh, there's there's a, a fact as to why we haven't done more events in the last couple of years or so, because it comes out of our pockets and it's it's not afford it's not affordable. But if you want the club to 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 do it, and if you want if you want to see it speaking up and uh, sending suggestions to the club would be would be uh, would be great i'm sure you can find all the contact details on the club's website mansfieldtown.net right time for a very pointless game so will they win lose or draw and what will be the score it's the guessing game that brings you zero fame but to be the best you must outguess the rest so will they win lose or draw and what will be the score 
in the Liga of Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? As Clive rightly said, I don't think anyone, and Alan rightly said during that little uh, intro there, um, I very much doubt anybody will have picked a one or draw at Morecambe on uh, Saturday. But here we are facing uh, one of the league's bottom sides this weekend in Sutton United. Obviously, new manager in town now as well, so they'll be eager to uh, sort of impress and uh, get three points on the board. But will they? They've been our bogey side in the past. We managed to banish that myth earlier in the season, Alan, just a few weeks ago. But what are you going to go for for podcast predictions this Saturday as Sutton United come to town? I'm going same as what I did for Forest Green Rovers. Mansfield Town 3, Sutton United 0 and Brunt man of the match. Clive. I'm going to be confident to say we'll have a, we'll have a clean sheet. But I don't think we'll score three goals. So I'll, I'll go for 2-0 and I'm going to go for Keeler Dunn. DKD on that one. Uh, I am going to go for a more... I've been outlandish with my predictions of late. Yeah, 6-1 at Morecambe <laughs> was a bit rich. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the to be fair, right. I got the one right. Yeah. Um, uh, I do think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, I agree with Alan. I'm going to go 3-0 and my man of the match is going to be... Oh, I want, I, I, do you know what? can always rely on him. Jordan Bowery is my uh, man of the match. If you want to play along with podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description. You must submit your guesses no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and we'll bring you up to date with the January League table on next week's show. Right, many thanks for all of your birthday wishes, etc. Today, really appreciate those in the comments and as ever your comments, questions and opinions uh, in the live feed. There's only one thing that I want for my birthday. We didn't get the striker, which uh, I asked for at the start of the show. But this morning through the post, I did have a lovely card come through from Mr. Alan Wilson. And in it, as you can imagine, there was an Alan Wilson poem. It wasn't quite the biscuit song. And I read it this morning, and it did bring a little tear to my eye. But you know what? There's only one thing better than reading the words of Alan Wilson, and that is hearing the words of Alan Wilson. So please, Mr. Wilson, will you make my birthday and announce right. the signing of a striker? Yeah. Well, other than that, Craig is a quality commentator. He really is the cream. And to do something that he loved, I'm sure he fulfilled his dream. He knows a fair bit about football. His knowledge is extensive Debatable. and grand, and I'm sure talks a very good game when he's sat up in the West Stand. His commentaries were second to none. He certainly knows more than most, and he proves, as he proves on Mansfield matters, he makes an excellent host. As an avid Mansfield Town fan, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and like all other Stags fans, is starting to believe. So all the best on your birthday, Craig. When this birthday's been and gone, and you can celebrate in your new home whilst preparing for League One. Who knows what's round the corner? More commentating may come your way. But until that day arises, keep travelling with the SSA. 
You've built up quite a team of friends and colleagues on your podcast. Our podcast! <laughs> and with it being seven years on, you can see it's built to last. Oh, thank you, mate. Re- re- really lovely words from Alan Wilson. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for writing that little ditty. Really appreciate no problem. it. problem. Um, you're a creep. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> Clive loves it. He loves it. I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, I can't say anything wrong. I can't, yeah, I can't think of anything wrong with that, to be fair. I mean, it's no biscuit song, but I like it. I was very touched to uh, to, to receive that from, from this point. <coughs> you know, ego trip aside, it's my birthday. I'm allowed. Um, it's, uh, it is one of those, uh, one of those things where genuinely I am so thankful for all of the birthday messages and for all of you guys watching and listening every single week as and, well. And so that's please, cake please. is excellent, by the way. I knew yeah, we'd yeah. dive in eventually. <laughs> I knew we'd dive in eventually. There you go. Uh, so yeah, we will see you again, uh, in, in, well, hopefully next week, hopefully with three points, uh, on the board. Make sure you keep an eye on all of our social media for, uh, when we're next going to be live. Final thoughts from uh, Clive and uh, Alan before uh, I hit the jingle button. And that is, of course, weather-wise, we don't know what might happen. Striker-wise, we don't know what might happen. But there is one thing for, for sure, and that is getting a victory on Saturday against Sutton United, a team that have historically, Clive, been a little bit of a bogey side. It's one of those things that it lift the spirits a little bit because it's January, it's blue January, it's cold, it's horrible outside. Everyone, no one's got any money because of the, the Christmas spending and things like that. So a winner put a smile back on people's faces, wouldn't it? It would, and we need it because we need to maintain the momentum that we built up earlier on. But I've got one, uh, one other thing to say, and that's to the fans in general: don't bitch about the pitch. Oh, I like it. It's almost beats. It's almost beating Alan's rhyme at the death. He's got a it's, chance. It's to... rather more succinct than Alan. <laughs> has he got a chance? Has he got a chance to rescue it? Let's find out. I always like to try and finish with three words, and my three words for the end of this podcast is confidence is key. What better way to end the words there of Alan Wilson? My thanks to him and to Clive Parkin as well, and of course to you guys for watching and for listening. In the live feed. That is all we've got time for on tonight's show. My thanks to Alan Wilson, to Clive Parkin, and to you guys, of course, at home for watching and for listening. Make sure that you get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. Can the Stags get three points against Sutton United on Saturday? Or will it be another postponement due to the weather? One thing's for sure, Morecambe has been and gone. Bitching on social media, like Clive says, is certainly not wise. So let's look forward and remember that Mansfield always matters. We'll see you next week. Keep an eye on our social media to find out when we're next going to be live. And let's hope that we're sitting here eating more cake with smiles on our faces with three more points on board. Until then, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you again soon. Good night. And just to finish off, before we go uh, on tonight's show, uh, Clive has just very much uh, asked me the question of, 
why did you call tonight's show Morecambe not wise? That was the best that I could come up with at the time. But I think at the very end, he's just pipped it by saying the show should have been called Bring Me Sunshine and a Striker. I'll leave it to Clive next week. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.